Good morning. It's good to be here. I'm Joan Hogan, and I'm welcoming all of you listeners to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. Dr. Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here in the studio ready to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, and he's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good, Good morning. morning, Dr. Holmes. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Oh, I have to ask again, how are you doing? Rick, a day doesn't go by that someone doesn't ask me, how's Rick doing? And I always say he's really doing well. Yep, Would I you feel, agree with that? I feel very well. And, Good. you know, the chemotherapy, which is my best shot at uh, uh, longer, longer life, life. <laughs> is, uh, is tolerable this time. So, I mean, it's a lot better, although... My ears are just ringing like crazy this Ooh. morning, and I got more chemo, you know, of course, Monday. And, and the chemo is kind of metal, so it's bringing metal into your well, body, no, is that it? I, no, no, this one is, no. this one, it's just it's not metal. part like of the side effects causing are the neuropathies. Ringing, huh? And uh, I remember we had a phone call uh, the, the, the uh, night we had the Mayo Clinic surgeon that had done my Whipple procedure was a guest of at our, at our show three months ago, and... And someone wrote in and said, now, I have neuropathy and numbness in my feet and ringing in my ears, and I'm, I'm, uh, it's just really bothering me. And, uh, and the surgeon said, and you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. It's a, and uh, you're alive. it's a small price to pay to be alive. And, uh, you know, the, the chemo is really the... They keep getting it better. Back in the old days when we had it, I remember people with acute leukemia, we knew that it was going to wear out. And, you know, here was a woman who was still alive and she was excited. And it was, you know, it was in the inner city, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, 80% of the people there uh, were black. And this woman was a white woman, it kind of looked like a middle class woman. Uh, and she was get, being able to afford to get her, her uh, chemo and her care there. Um, and she was just full of enthusiasm and spark. But we knew that the chemo timing was that it won't be too many more months. And it was, you know, about three, four, five months, and then she was gone. There has been leaps and bounds. And, you know, people with acute myelogenous leukemia, you know, a, a death knell for sure back then is is something very curable now many 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 are cured from it and as there are so many more improvements and i've watched it happen through the lifetime of of uh, caring for people um unfortunately i've got the kind of cancer that we're not leaps and bounds ahead yet but we make better uh, choices each time with each experience with the sharing of the knowledge and the and the information that we get. So, so we're learning a lot more, and you're doing a lot better. And I'm doing well. That's great. I, I, the new chemo made my hair fall out. So you are rather bald. I rather I'm balder Just, and bald yeah, can be. I yeah. mean, it feels kind of kind of odd. I, I would think it, yeah. it's cold. It's, what do you think, Bob? <laughs> Bob knows this. I wear a hat. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about chemotherapy, Doctor yeah. Holm. What about if there's a woman who's pregnant? who now has been diagnosed with some form of cancer and right. the regimen of treatment would be chemo, can they or must they wait? Or what are the risks? Well, it depends upon the chemos. There are certain chemos that you can, chemo medications that you can give during pregnancy. Oh, that surprises me. Yeah, but, Truly. but wow. um, I think uh, there are also balances of risks. 
certainly, dis you know, if you give uh, certain chemos, you know the baby will uh, be gone uh, and or will be deformed or, you know, so on and so forth. So that you, you, there is the ethical question and you put it upon the mother and the father and you say, you decide, here it is, shall we wait, but you will have a higher risk of the cancer spreading. Isn't um, it true, too, that um, so many illnesses go into remission when you are pregnant? That may not happen with cancer, huh? No, and sometimes certain cancers grow aggressively when you are pregnant. Pregnancy. Oh, okay. So it's the opposite, although oh, all right. I, not always. I mean, and I'm not an expert in this no. at all. I, I'm, I'm just speaking from... Uh, uh, more knowledge the, than Barbarai. How's that? That's probably okay. correct. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, certain things do change. During, I mean, huge changes happen in a woman's uh, body during her pregnancy. And uh, it's, it's interesting, psycho, psychologically, it does weird things to the brain. And then when those hormone levels drop after pregnancy, there's a high incidence of depression. Um, and in the men, uh, fathers, uh, they do weird things too. I mean, uh, and they they'll have belly pains. They'll have. I mean, you know, weird. I I checked myself for weird things happening when we we my wife was pregnant, <laughs> and uh, nothing happened to me actually. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember you except okay. a little anxiety about what's going to happen. Yeah. Our lives are going to change. Life will change. Um, <laughs> but all to the better, you know. And uh, okay. our children are twenty five to. 35, and what a joy to have. Well, almost 25. She's going to turn 25 shortly. You make it bad if you age her too soon. But yes. in the 20s, you don't mind being a little older, do you? No, in the it's 20s, okay. you call yourself a year older. Then you call yourself a year younger almost all the way into your life until you get into 90s. And then they almost revert back to always calling themselves the next year older. Really? People ah. do that. I mean, oh, I, it's funny. the funniest thing. When they get older, they'll always say, "Well, am I? I'm a year older than that. I'm, you know, I'm almost 95. Hmm. You know, I'm. I'll be 100 in, f you know, three months." We were just at a friend's 95th birthday party, and it was such a delight. I said, "If I live to 95, I want to live like Donna. She has her head with her. She's oh. totally with it." Healthy. I mean, it just. She. She's so fortunate. She's the mother of nine kids. Raised so nine kids. That did not kill her. <laughs> and she's just 95 years yeah. old and happy and enjoying life, loving her grandkids, just love her. It was a phenomenal party. Really I, enjoyed I, it. I had a patient who was in the nursing home because she needed some help. Happy as a lark, 100 years of age. They had a 100 wings, a chicken wing party <laughs> for her. Wing well, party. she got sick. Oh. And so she didn't get any chicken wings. The family was there, they were yeah. all gone. <laughs> I heard that. The well, she got wings. better. And at 105, they had another party for her. And oh my. She, when I would come in to see her, she had uh, she'd have her glasses on. She could recognize me. She would doctor home. Nice to see so you. She was still alert. 105, she was as cordial oh. and as pretty as you could imagine. I mean, I yeah. think finally at 105, I don't know what happened. Something. Something. Uh, well, you know, none of us expect to live quite that long, but no. we're very happy for her, and I'm yes. happy for my friend, and I'm happy for all of you listening. I hope you enjoy our program. We do, we are due to take a break. We we're, will do so if you have any questions. Well, we're going to talk about eyes in particular. Eyes, that's eyes. eyes. All right, window so to your soul. Your vision when we return. 
Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Holm. He's ready to discuss eyes, but before that, I said if you give us a call, we'll take care of your questions. We'll take care of a question that just came in, and it's from a 78-year-old woman who never had high blood pressure before. Her blood pressure, she's 78, was usually 74 over 130. For the last three months, it's been 169 over 80. Why? Why, why, why? It's 78. Well, you know, the high blood pressure is a consequence of many factors. Uh, one of the factors, there's hormones that are made in the kidney. Uh, and so I worry, you know, I would, I would really check to see what her kidney function is doing. Um, there are hormones that are made within the heart that uh, can release uh, from the heart for certain uh, receptors. In, they're called baroreceptors. They're baroreceptors in the kidney baroreceptors in the heart, in the carotids, in the brain itself, uh, and in the arteries. Um, and uh, if there's something happening wrong, something messing up in one of those places. It can cause uh, the blood pressure to rise? Right. Okay. There is also uh, adrenal uh, hormones that are released from the adrenal gland. And uh, these, uh, sometimes there's a a benign tumor of the adrenal gland that can and put out a hormone uh, that either noradrenaline or adrenaline, it's also called norepinephrine or epinephrine, uh, that is released from the, from the adrenal gland, adrenal meaning on top of the kidney, adrenal, adrenal gland, uh, and uh, that will raise the blood pressure. So uh, when uh, people and there's certain foods and actually certain supplements that can artificially raise the blood pressure. Certain medications can do it. I mean, it goes on and on, doesn't it? Well, it, and so uh, you don't have a single answer for her, but what's your best uh, suggestion uh, to uh, her? Well, of course, the potassium needs to be tested. The sodium needs to be tested. One might look at uh, the noradrenaline uh, 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 levels. Uh, uh, certainly a very careful history and exam. If she has headaches, palpitations, and sweating, that's a clue for adrenaline uh, or adrenal tumor uh, problems. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I always say that you come into your doctor, that's the bottom line, right? Go see your, your care provider. Make sure they do electrolyte testing and they do a careful uh, evaluation for headaches, palpitations, and sweating. And you feel, uh, there's the other, the final one. Sometimes there's atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries that occur to the kidneys. And when one kidney, for example, has atherosclerosis, that kidney's getting less blood pressure. It says, oh, my blood pressure's low. Got to raise it up. And then it kicks off, uh, puts out a, um, the hormone that raises blood pressure. Uh, from the kidneys. They call that a Goldblatt kidney because there was a fellow named, I think, Arthur Goldblatt who got into the kidneys of, of um, our rats and put little clamps on one artery, not on the other, and the clamp to the artery, to one artery to one kidney uh, that would raise the blood pressure of the, of the rat, the Goldblatt <laughs> kidney. So atherosclerosis in your 70s is not uncommon. And so one might look at uh, the uh, hormonal levels, the renin level 
some people will always call it renin. Renin is a cow enzyme, stomach enzyme. Renin uh, uh, is the hormone that it's released with a gallbladder kidney. So it's a complex story. I'm glad that I, I uh, that's part of what I did all day and taught. I mean, it was all of yeah. those things. Right. Uh, and that's why you need to monitor blood pressure because uh, it clues you into something might be going wrong. If you had blood pressure in your 30s and 40s with a weight gain, one of the common things I would say is, uh, you know, you've, you've got to work on your weight and increase your exercise and make sure you don't have sleep apnea. Ah. And so sleep apnea is one of the other newer things that, that I had to add on my list as, as, I was, as we discovered it really in the early 2000s, really is, I mean, it was discovered earlier than that, but to understand how uh, epidemic it is, uh, particularly with the weight gain in our society and how dangerous it is, multiplies your risk of death by four, so. It's amazing, it's amazing how it has helped people once they get uh, the sleep apnea test, and they get and then they get the the CPAP. The CPAP makes a difference in so, their lives. So, so for her, she really needs to talk to her doctor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is nothing minor. Pay no. attention to it. Here's the other thing to say about blood pressure, since you're bringing it up. Uh, if you look at uh, people in their 80s or 90s, really, and uh, you see what happens is uh, that they get what's called um, systolic hypertension, a normal low, uh, lower blood pressure, they get a widened pulse pressure, wide pulse pressure hypertension. That comes out of the loss of elasticity of the arteries so that if you, your artery can't expand as the pressure pushes from the heart, then the pressure, w the pressure will go up higher than it, it usually would do. So they would come in with 170 over 80 blood pressure and it's because the, the arteries are are less elastic so you treat that systolic blood pressure with your standard medicines first is probably a low grade uh, low dose uh, lisinopril or uh, addition with a sm small amount of diuretic or um, sometimes a beta blocker depends upon your situation and uh, lisinopril is generally you know one of the one of the ACE inhibitors is the first choice of of uh, uh, on treating people um, and you lower their blood pressure but what happens is um, that sitting there in your office you get their pressures down to 130 they're fine you they stand up to go uh, to out. the bathroom in the middle of the night in particular and they pass out and they then they break the hip well that's way more dangerous to your overall prognosis and longevity and wellness uh, than is controlling the blood controlling pressure. the blood pressure wow you look at blood pressure and it's like a whole year of blood pressure, there's a higher risk of stroke or tiny stroke and mild dementia. So you wanna control it if you can, but you've gotta be careful. You control it too much and they fall and break a hip and you, you've and killed them. And it's worse. Yeah. Yes, because 20% yeah. death rate with a hip fracture and a 30, 40% chance that no matter how well you were before the hip fracture, you're gonna end up in the nursing home sometimes forever. Not good. Not good. So be careful. Be careful. And if you get lightheaded when you stand up quickly, for uh, the first culprit is likely that blood pressure pill. And you need to make sure that your care provider is aware of that problem. All right. On that note, we'll take our second break. Be back right after these words.
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening. Dr. Holm was just discussing high blood pressure, but before that question came in, we said we were going to talk about eye conditions, and the reason we're talking about the eye and all the things that can affect our eyesight is because tomorrow night you have two guests coming on your program. Right. On your television program to discuss eyes. Right. Dustin Dirks and Greg Osmondson are physicians from the Ophthalmology LTD in Sioux Falls. Um, uh, Greg Osmondson's specialty is glaucoma and helped me with mine. And Dustin Dirks is a general ophthalmologist and, uh, and works with that group. That group has a lot of specialists, but um, uh, uh, Dustin is your generalist and Greg is the, uh, the glaucoma specialist. Well, there's so a lot of things that they can discuss tomorrow night right. concerning eyes. You mentioned glaucoma, but there's cataract, there's macular degeneration. There's just so, a lot of stuff. So, so what is the most common cause of blindness in the world? I don't have a clue. And it's cataracts is the answer. because, really? But not in the U.S., of course. We have cataract surgery right and left, and a lot of people have uh, enjoyed improved vision because of cataract lens implant, which came after my graduation from medical school and, and into the world. They, people used to have these great big pop bottle, thick glass, you know, the bottom because of a Coca-Cola. cataracts, uh, yeah. Why? The bottom of the glass was this wide, thickened, weird thing. They would take out the lens and then you would, you would have no lens, so you had to have a, an artificial, well, a, a lens that you would put on your nose, you know, and these huge glass, heavy. Thank goodness that changed. Yes. Have you had cataract surgery? I've had both my eyes done. So have I. I've been very pleased with it. Uh, well, and suddenly in the night, you know, you open your eyes and I can see the clock and see what time it is. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. But <laughs> I can see the, you know, we've kind of, I came to uh, a clock that, that shows the lights uh, projected on the ceiling. Oh. I like that clock. And uh, I could actually almost read the time before I had my cataract surgery. But the cataracts are uh, a common uh, cause of blindness. And there's a trachoma, uh, trachomata infection uh, that is the second most common cause of blindness in the world, but we don't even have it here. Okay. It's, it's, it's a rare consequence of dirty water uh -huh. and, uh, you know, it's in third world countries and Africa and... Uh, well, you know, we do have macular degeneration here. Doesn't that cause that blindness? That is a very common cause of, of, uh, of blindness uh, in, uh, in the elderly. And it's interesting that uh, macular degeneration is where you lose the macula, the central vision. So people who lose their central vision at least will, for the most part, will keep their peripheral vision. I used to have a patient come into my office and she would come up pretty close to me and look a foot away from my face to see me. From Which her. is so And strange. so she would never yeah. look at me. It's like a person who is afraid to look at you in the eye. She would, she would say, hi, how are you, Dr. Holm? And then she would be looking to the side. She always seemed to be looking to the away left Away from my you, face. right. And, um, and that's how she saw Mm -hmm. That was her vision. Yeah. And uh, she didn't complain. There's many causes for, for uh, macular degeneration, one of which, the big culprit, is smoking. And she oh, was I a, didn't know that. She had been a smoker Heavy smoking. her whole life. Mm. And so if you want to keep your central vision and you're a smoker, realize that it would be a wise idea to quit. 
is there any cure for it? No. I mean, well, there's... Oh, no. Okay, all right. So there's, there's treatments, but not cures. 80% a- of macular degeneration is dry macular degeneration. It is. It just happens. Uh, it's just like the nerve dries up and goes away. Uh, that's that central vision. Uh, but there's wet macular degeneration, which is related to bleeding. And there is injections that work for that. Now, I think they've moved into using the injections for the dry, which some would argue is speculative, very expensive, profitable, and, you know, not not a lot of help. But I can tell you I've had people who've had those shots and they just wear by them and their vision has stabilized and improved. And and so, you know, you have to lean on the the physicians about that. When do you do it? When do you recommend it? When is it going to be helpful or not? Well, glaucoma is another thing. You've mentioned well, that. Gla- in, I'm yeah. sorry, you were on something. No, no, you weren't we'll finished. Go to right to, it's okay. time to go to glaucoma. Well, the reason I mention it is because uh, I do know, well, Ed had glaucoma when he had his cataract surgery. They inserted stents, so he doesn't have to take any drops or anything for the glaucoma. The stents are taking care of the pressure. Right. Is this getting to be commonplace, or are a lot of people with glaucoma still taking eye drops? I think eye drops is a much safer option if it works than the surgery, which you know you always worry might be complicated and may only be temporary, and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, I know that there are times for the stents. Well, glaucoma causes pressure. Is that it? Right. Well, it's, that's, uh, no. I wish that was as simple as that. It isn't. The in, in, there's several reasons for increased pressure. Some of them is called narrow angle. Some of them is open angle. And the con- this explanation is a rather complex story, but uh, uh, take it uh, the next step. Some people who have elevated pressures don't get glaucoma changes or blindness. And some people who have normal pressure can get glaucoma. Whoa, that's interesting. So the answer is... So it's is not just pressure. Okay. It's not just pressure. There's something more to it. And do we know what that is? It's debatable. I mean, well, there's some arguments about this and that. It's in a state of learning. I will say this, however. I have glaucoma and I have had um, not stents placed, but I've had holes burned. Uh, in the office as an outpatient, which has been... Is that a laser take? A a little laser kind of a thing that he did. Zap, 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 and I'm sitting there, and he said, keep your eyes open. Okay, it'll hurt a little, but, you know, you'll you'll be able to tolerate this. And I thought to myself, this hurts a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of a weepy kid. (laughs) Painful. (laughs) But it, it really took care of the problem. Really, Greg, Greg Osmondson. So it was that laser. That if, do you take drops for it then, or you and don't have I'm, to do it? I, we, my eye pressures were so good. The last time I checked with Ken Knutson, you know, I, he said, "Fabulous. Let's try going without the drops." Wow. So I came back three months later, and it's, it's way up now. So I'm back on the drops. Oh, okay. All right. So you've but, done both. And I'm not sure whether the chemotherapy or the steerage oh, and the chemotherapy. Oh, how would you know what? Or, you're bo- you know, you're going know. through I, so much right I'm now. I'm going through a roller coaster, yeah, dear, really dear on that one. Yeah. But the interesting thing about glaucoma is it's the antithesis of macular degeneration. Oh. And, and th- in that, the macular's vision is spared. The so peripheral you can see vision the center, is lost. But you can't see around the edges. Yeah. Not safe driving. 
No, it isn't. I mean, a little kid can be jumping out from behind a car, and you're and driving you along, see and you don't see him because oh. you need your peripheral vision. So yeah. isn't that interesting that you would, it would be the opposite of macular degeneration um, and that the peripheral vision is lost with glaucoma? Well, right. I would guess a lot of our listeners are going to have a lot of questions on their mind about eyesight and all these different problems. So I think tomorrow night's show will be really well, helpful. Be fascinating. I, I, um, we had tons of calls for our heart show. And uh, I, I, we almost always are just to the hilt with questions on eyes because a lot of people who are our regular watchers have struggled with some problems with vision. Well, we're going to struggle and get in our last break, but we had a question that just came in concerning eyes, and we'll get to it right after this break. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We have been talking about eyes, and just before the break, a question came in. Is it worth taking Occuvite for your eyes? Tell us what Occuvite is, Dr. Holm. Well, it's a vitamin that's sold by Bosch and Loam, and it, it, it has... Uh, ingredients in it that was at the certain levels that they've done a certain amount of research to say that it might help with wet macular degeneration. doesn't seem to make a, a th darn thing with, with dry macular degeneration. It's the only thing you can do, and so what happens is most optometrists and ophthalmologists will advise you take the, and it's like two capsules t three times a day, and it's expensive. Oh, it is. And it's not it, an over-the-counter, then it's a prescription. It is over-the-counter. Oh, you is? can get the same thing from Nature Made. Okay. And, in fact, you can, uh, but the, the truth is, I think your best source is food. I think if you have a balanced diet, you're doing as good as you can. I think it's a lot of, uh, they've got you. Uh, since there's nothing to do, then they can sell I, I, I'm, am I a little cynical? Just I'm a cynical. touch. Just a touch. Um, cynical, uh, you know, and they, I remember the studies that were like 10 people or 15 people with wet macular, and they tried it on the dry. It didn't make any difference. So the point is, the majority of people with macular degeneration, they, there's, it isn't going to be any Occuvite that'll make a difference. Okay. And none of that makes any difference, really. So you're spending you your can. money on something you may Spend not need. Spend your money on something that's more of value. If you want to take a multiple vitamin, fine. If you want to take an eye care, nature-made something, take one or two, take one. Don't take a bunch of that stuff. It's just a bunch of hooey. Hey, I got an idea. I looked you at could the take. data. I looked at the data. What? There may not be solid data on this, but supposedly dark chocolate might help your eyesight. I How about that? That'd I mean, be less expensive. I think, actually, it would be... Wise and fun to, to have chocolate every day, of course, and a glass of wine. Glass Avoid the smoke. There's the big deal on that. Okay, well, we hope you've enjoyed this program, <laughs> and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Dr. Holmes and Call with the Prairie Doc television program will air tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock on South Dakota Public Television. Thank you, Dr. Holmes. That's all for this week. Thank you, Joan. And, you know, we really want those calls. So uh, think about a question about eyes or a comment about eyes for Greg and Dustin and myself. And thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out here.